0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Mixology. Today we are talking about anger management. Uh, this is something I have had struggles with my whole life. And I thought the best co-host for today would be someone who I know struggles with anger management more than I do. And that is my sister Emily. So, Emily, you want to introduce yourself?
1: I'm back, bitches! <laughs> I never thought I was gonna be asked back after. The breakup one, but I did get, I've been begging Alex to come back. I'm we had to not, find the right
0: topic.
1: Yeah, if you want me to talk about, uh, what would it be? Positivity? Nah, not gonna take that one. But anger management is right up my alley. Because I am probably one of the most irrational human beings that ever walked the planet. I will say, I
0: this is something that I feel like we inherited from our father, who inherited it from our pappy. Which, Pappy is like our Italian grandpa, just if anybody doesn't know what a Pappy is. But this is something that a lot of our family members deal with, so we thought it'd be good to talk about, you know, why probably we deal with these things, and I know they're really hard to control in the moment, but... If you do try, you can't get a grasp on your anger, you know, how you let it out on other people. So, yeah, like I said, Emily is going to be a uh, good example for a lot of the things we had on today.
1: You know, everybody who probably worked with me at Shoe Sensation needs to listen to this, especially remember that girl who I just oh so bad. She's probably like, damn. She's making at- something of herself now.
0: Yeah, probably. She's she's a strong young lady now that she had to deal she with
1: is. her ass. I know. She deserved what she had coming to her. Okay.
0: <laughs> this is going to be an interesting podcast episode, everybody. Well, and that's the funny thing is as Emily is my sister, you know, we rely on each other whenever we get really angry. If we're not getting angry at one another, we're either calling each other or Finding each other because we work together. So any minor inconvenience, me and Emily contact each other so we can talk about it. So uh, yeah, just to kind of start off, it's always good to have someone to vent to and talk to about a situation because your perspective is not the only perspective you should hear, especially when it's more of a negative situation, because it can be really hard for people to be more open to other people's position. And like I said, perspective when you're in the heat of the moment. So one thing I do want to touch on is, you know, anger is an emotion that's triggered by a threat, which will normally release that flight or fight response. But if you're Emily Simon, it releases a red rash all over your body.
1: Don't don't talk about the giraffe rash. I probably, you know, I did get it looked at and the doctor said I could take a sedative. But that means I have to take a sedative every probably hour on the hour. So I'm good on that. No, seriously,
0: Emily, when she gets mad and I can't even tell you how long I think this has been going on, but I can tell, like, especially when me and Emily are going at it and fighting with each other. If I see a rash, like
1: her neck is where it starts.
0: If I see the red rash on her neck, I'm like, ooh, I I pissed her off. Like I got her
1: And like, I think it's Donald Duck in the cartoon. He like turns completely red and then like smoke comes out of his ears. That's what I look like. I'm like 95% sure. See, that's that's how
0: we're so different because Emily will turn red, but it's like,
1: I mean, it's like waving
0: the red. Is it red? You know, the bulls, when you wave the red, red like towel, oh, it just fires her up. Where when I get mad, I cry. Like, and it's not like I cry because I'm sad. You know when you're so frustrated? You're so pissed off. And that's the thing. Like, I'll be in situations where I am heated and I feel my eyes start to water. I'm like, fuck. Like, this is not the response we want to show people because I'm not sad. I'm just pissed off.
1: Never cried when you smacked me across the face with an open hand. You never cried. (laughs) So don't say you've cried.
0: Boy, (laughs) I cried when I thought I was going to get my ass beat
1: for smacking you. I had handprint on my face. <laughs> that's the thing. Me
0: and Emily have learned a lot about anger issues because we, that's the thing. Our, we've seen it happen with our dad, with our pappy. And to be honest, I think another good thing to hit on is, you know, a lot of people almost think that anger management is the same as being bipolar because when we were younger, and we didn't realize that us ourselves had anger management issues we would see it in our family members but y- you only really saw the good side of them so for the longest time we literally thought like our pappy was bipolar when he- he's not bipolar because the actual definition of bipolar disorder because it's formally called manic depression but it's a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings. That include emotional highs and lows. So bipolar disorder is not just someone getting mad at the flip of a switch. Yes, that can entail also what bipolar disorder is. But if that's really the only thing triggering them to have these like extreme emotions, it's not bipolar disorder. Because that's the thing. Like what what happened on Thanksgiving? There were like it, it, this was like two years ago too. And I will say, Pappy's getting a little bit older, so he's getting a little bit more. Uh, you got to be easy with Pappy. Yeah.
1: He what? He's out. I don't... I Him and dad were arguing, and, and in our household, like, our con- regular conversations are loud when we fight. It's, like, at a screaming level.
0: It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I was upstairs, like, getting ready, and I hear them yelling at each other, so I'm like, okay, I'll go see what's up. I go downstairs, and they're fighting over... They just bicker, like, it's just what they do, and it's the, the day of Thanksgiving, and... My pappy, you know, in angry is like, Well, happy Thanksgiving. And my dad goes, Yeah, i would be a happy Thanksgiving if you learn to shut the F up. He did not say F, he said the actual <laughs> word. But like said, I had to bleep myself on the podcast. So <gasps> the I see- think we're gonna get shirts that say that and we're on Thanksgiving from now on.
0: What? It'd be a happy, happy Thanksgiving if you shut the fuck
1: up. <laughs> happy learn to shut the F
0: up. See, <laughs> and that's the thing. We We grew up in a household, too, and this is why we've had to learn and adapt to different styles of, you know, how people act when they're angry because, like, for instance, in our relationships with our boyfriends, you know, our boyfriends aren't Italians that came from this just loud household. We came from a family, when you're mad at somebody, we'll stand there and yell it out until the situation's resolved, but not a lot of people like doing that, you know, I Literally, my boyfriend, when we start arguing, he'll walk away and I will follow him and keep bickering like we are handling this, you know, and it gave me more perspective because one, it's selfish because not everybody handles that the same way we do. But then you get perspective. And I've honestly learned that just hashing it out and screaming and yelling for like an hour is not always the most productive thing to do when you're
1: in a heated conversation,
0: I don't know. Have you experienced that? Uh, you probably have. You're worse than I am.
1: I mean, you just have to see, like, trust family does not yell at all. Like, they're very soft-smoking people. Same. And he's always like, why are you yelling? And I'm just talking. And I just talk naturally louder than most people. But to be honest, I don't think I've ever, like, full on at him like I have you and mom and dad and some of my coworkers. I would hope um, not. No, <laughs> to see that side of Emily. Yeah, it's that's a, yeah. So, and that's the thing too is like we
0: mentioned before, we the way me and Emily just process anger is different because I'm not kidding. One, when I get really angry, I'll start to cry, but sometimes I will literally my heart will be racing so much, I feel like I can hear it. Like I can tell when I'm getting really angry. So, I've started to learn like when I start getting those triggers. It's like, okay, we need to figure something out or we're about to lose our mind. And that's never a pretty sight when I absolutely lose my mind.
1: Do you You know anything? No. When I get mad, um, Thunderstruck plays in my head and I'm just like, game on. Like, it's bad. Like, that's my mentality. Like, and it's bad. But I'm like, oh, you think that you can bark? Like, watch me. And it's bad. And I don't have the mentality to be like, sit down, Emily. It's like, try me.
0: And this is why you have to I don't know. This is why I'm glad Emily talks to me about when she gets angry, because she will tell me about situations like literally a week ago. She called me and she's talking to me about the situation at work and she's going through the story and I have to interrupt her. I'm like, Emily, you cannot talk to people like that. And that's the thing. I mean, she doesn't mean to be a hurtful person but that's what happens with Emily is she gets so mad she like sees red and nothing processes through she just starts sending verbal daggers out to people
1: if I drank it'd be like my drunk alter ego but it's my angry alter ego like I literally am just not the same person it's bad but I can't that's where me
0: and Emily are like night and day because I have more empathy for people I have a really hard time being mean to people and even like and I always say to people if I am mad at you and I am verbally expressing that I'm mad at you you have had to have done something really wrong because I honestly don't have the balls to stick up for myself and get mad at people half the time so that's why in heck as a bartender, I never got mad that much, but I'm not kidding when I say I've had to kick people out of the bar and I was so pissed. Like I'm like Emily, I I had an Emily moment of just seeing red. Like I don't even remember what I said. I just know that the person was no longer in the bar and everybody's looking at me like I'm fucking psychotic.
1: It's it is it's insane. The like the power that comes over you. Like it's I think it's a rush of adrenaline that I'm like, "Oh, I could conquer the world." Which is it's, so bad. It's so, so bad.
0: Now we're seeing in the flight or fight response, mine is uh flight and Emily's is fight, you know, and that's why it's important to identify how you respond to it. So then I literally just acknowledging it is the beginning to be able to control it better because that's the thing. A lot of people even say like, oh, I can't control my anger. Well, yes, you can, but you it's a hard effort to do so. It's not something you can do overnight and every different every situation is different, you know. Some things are gonna hit you worse than other things do, and the reaction you don't know what your reaction's gonna be. So that's why me and Emily are gonna go through a few things you can do to control your anger. Um, and honestly, I, we're gonna go through, and I think all of these have a lot of really good points to think about. Because, like I said, it's something I'm trying to get better at. I think I'm the best person in my family, so that makes me feel better, but
1: pretty good don't take credit away from jen
0: yay hey, jen i will say our mom is probably the best respect to the the coolest simon out there
1: so she has hit me with headphones before
0: <laughs> okay, that em- in. Podcast. emily was all <laughs> um, okay yes my mom has been a little uh crazy when it comes to parenting but emily was the kid where emily would like talk back my mom would pop emily in the mouth and emily's like violence isn't the answer like girl no
1: Right, yeah i would have thrown headphones at you too if i were mom yeah, but she acts like they hurt like you you you, you like they're the old headphones like the ones you got when you first got the iphone like six years ago oh, like, like head
0: buds like the cords
1: yes and i was like wait why'd she throw
0: them at you you probably deserved it but
1: i probably was yelling at her i love my mom me and my mom were like this but as a kid oh you have to put in perspective though our dad traveled all the time mm-hmm. so it was always us and our mom so yeah. our mom was like, double parent and sometimes jenny lou picked war Part
0: part of me wants to okay i'm not blaming mom But you were a tough kid because that was the thing. Emily's been just this loud confrontational person since like literally since I can remember. Emily was a kid that like my mom would try to discipline her and Emily feared nothing. Like you want to whoop my ass, whoop my ass. I'm going to keep talking. Emily did not care. And I feel like that has transcended into her adulthood, which she's gotten better about it. And Emily, I don't think you're ever. okay. sometimes you can be disrespectful when you're angry. We're yeah. working on that. But that's the thing is I think she's learned kind of when and where and who mm-hmm. to be able to talk in certain ways too. You know, if someone is equally disrespecting you, I'm not saying it's right, but you're not the only one where people are like, why is she saying these things? You know, because you do have to stick up for yourself. But I believe in being the bigger, better person where Emily's like, I'm going to make this an even game.
1: Yeah. And I would say, though. Like as much a negative as it is how confrontational I am, I think in some aspects it does have its benefits because not saying like you let people walk all over you, but like I've worked a lot of places. I've worked in a lot of industries where, you know, people kind of back down. But if you don't ever advocate for yourself or stand up for yourself, like people are going to treat you how you act. Where if you, you know, the one time you stand up, you're like, hey, like I'm not putting up with this. Then it's like okay, like she's not gonna put up with it anymore. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, that's like a lesson most women have to go through working. You know, I mean, we work in pretty much a male dominant industry. Yeah, um, you know, and it just it is what it is.
0: I agree, and I and I think too, people do use the way they react to anger as a defense mechanism because, like you said, um, me and Emily work in a male predominant industry, and. I personally have had a lot of run-ins with just coworkers not talking to me the same way that they would talk to other people that we work with. And obviously that hits some chords with you, you know. So I've even had to say to myself, like, I need to stick up for myself, but I also need to be respectful because I'm in with- within the workplace. And like I said, I just – I'm on this – And I've not always been like this, but I'm just really stuck on trying to treat people better than they treat me. I don't ever want to stoop down to the same level as someone, even if I am defending myself. Because that's the thing. And someone's told us this, Emily. I can't remember who. If you can remember who told us this, let me know. Because I'm pretty sure you know what I'm about to say. Or when I say it, you will. But someone in my life told me, you know, people will respect the person in an argument that keeps their composure versus the person that just loses their shit. Actually, I think it was dad. Yeah. Because that would happen with me. When I'm around people I'm close with, that's when when I get angry, I just kind of shrivel. When I'm out in public, I don't really have the balls to keep fighting with somebody. But if it's my family, like Emily, my dad, my mom, I'll go toe-to-toe with them until we can't scream it out anymore. And that was something that my dad told me is, you know – The person who keeps it together in the argument is respected more versus the person making low blows, saying childish comments. And and that's something I always keep in the back of my mind is I always want to be respected. I don't want to have this person stoop down to a level because I'm being childish and like calling names. Because that's the thing is when people get defensive and they're angry, they'll start poking and making jabs that are, I don't know the word I'm trying to use. But it's like, Emily, if we were fighting about something at work and I just started calling you ugly, like, oh, you're just so ugly, like, something that's not even relevant to, like, what's going on, I'm just getting defensive because I'm angry.
1: You know people that do that? Oh, 100%. And I think it's more of, like, when you knock somebody's ego, they're going to knock yours right back, right? Or they're Mm going to try and hurt – not physically hurt, but, like, emotionally hurt something that's close to you, that's connected to you, Mm -hmm. to say something – you know, we, we, where we work, our dad owns. And um, a lot of the time, you know, people get angry and we're the first people to get, oh, boss's daughter, daddy's the CEO, you know, Mm and something that like, we don't take to heart because me and Alex have turned out magnificent, the roles we're in, but people know that like, it's almost a knock. Like, yeah, you're right. Like we do work here because of our dad. And I think they say that to affect us, but we're kind of like, man, like you're stating the obvious here.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think a big thing, too, that I want to hit on, because I think this happens a lot, like the whole ego, like ego side of arguments between f- friends. Emily, I know we've done it before. We do it all the time. When you're fighting with someone, that is never an excuse to make low blows. You know, and that, and I say that because I've gotten in instances and I even do it, too. I am just as guilty. Someone will start making low blows. About things that aren't relevant, like I just said. Or they'll take something that you've told them that was maybe something secretive or something close to them. They'll take it in a moment of anger and throw it back at you. And I am stating this right now. One, that is never okay. And two, that is the easiest way to fuck up a relationship with someone. Because... Granted, like I said, me and Emily do it. We're sisters. We talk through it. We understand. And we understand each other and kind of the way we work. But for instance, friends, even ones that maybe you're not like extremely close with, you throw something back at them in a fight that was something personal to them. If someone did that to me friend-wise, I probably wouldn't speak with them again. Because there's no need for that. I know we like, you know, and I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think... I mean, I just I've don't seen- think it's
0: ever called for. Yeah,
1: no, it's never called for. And I think that if you share personal information with somebody and let alone, you know, I've seen it where like you share personal information and you get in a fight and they go tell somebody else. Ooh, it's not, yep. you know, they come to you. They're like, oh, hey, do you hear this? And it's like, dude, I told you that like because we were friends. And if you're going to go do that when you get pissed off, then like you're not friends. That's just no. it. And it- it's hard to realize. I've lost more friends probably, then I could count, but, like, um, I don't, like, that's my number, like, lying, and that I will never talk to you. Well,
0: and that's the thing, too, I don't know, have you ever been afraid, like, I have, and, and I hate this, too, have you ever been friends with someone, you got into, like, a tiff, you're just not really cool anymore, and because you got into an argument, the only thing you're thinking is, like, I hope they don't share the, like, information I shared with them that was personal to me,
1: um i just this is bad but i just don't share personal like stuff that come back and haunt me with like other than like alex my boyfriend like i just i don't because you've never
0: had like a best friend you confided in and you stopped being friends with them and you were concerned that they were going to go like run their mouth about you
1: no i think people are kind of scared of me though you're funny I i can't like to this day i can't remember a single friend that's done that. I think people are just like, you know, but it goes both ways. Like you wanna go spread dish about me, like I can go do the same. Yeah. You know. I now, think all, I, the, all the friendships that have ended have been like unknown. Like I couldn't tell you why we stopped talking or stopped being friends. Yeah. But it just we just it stopped. Happened. Yeah, yeah, and I have no idea why.
0: Well, okay, so we're gonna start going through the list of ways to control your anger. So number one is think before you speak or react to a situation that makes you angry so you know in the heat of the moment it's really easy to say something that you're later going to regret and you know it's good to take a few minutes to collect your thoughts and you know before like i said before you speak or act on anything and i think this is really important because i'm notorious for letting little things that don't even involve me make me mad like someone i'll be in the office and someone will just it's something stupid like, they'll go toast their bagel when I just need silence. And I'm like, sure. you really had to toast your fucking bagel? Like, I'll just be getting mad. And then I have to think to myself, I'm like, dude, that literally does not affect you at all. So that's the thing. I mean, I take it from that perspective because I feel like I let things that don't need to get make me mad, they make me mad. So I have to think about it a little bit more. Yeah, But then, like, kind of flip side of that. Like we talked about, like, you need to take time because when you're in the heat of things, like we said, making, like, low blows and jabs, when you're pissed, you're going to say anything.
1: Yeah. so I think a lot of it, too, is, like, people always are like, okay, when one thing happens, like, you need to address it then. And a lot of the times, like, in our day, we just don't have time to do it. Mm-hmm. And things build up and build up and build up. And then... The smallest thing to somebody who probably shouldn't even take the heat for what is happening goes off. And it's like they get everything from out the day, from out the three days before, you know? And I think at that moment, you're not thinking about, like, you're not even talking to the person who deserves any of this, Mm -hmm. but you're just so mad that it just comes out on the smallest thing that they did that, like you said, barely affected your day.
0: Yeah. And like you just implode your anger on them. Yeah. No. And I I totally get that because. Yeah, I was going to say that's going to hit on more things. We're going to talk more about it, but like just not taking things personally, too. But I just I don't know. I try to, like I said, think before I say anything or react to a situation. it's a lot easier said than done. But, you know, I like we mentioned before, too, you know, when you're fighting with somebody, you're screaming it out. My boyfriend's the king of like, let's walk away from each other, think about what's going on and then come back together, because then you get to the point where when you're just saying the first thing that comes to mind, you're not even thinking about what you're saying. And therefore, nothing constructive is coming out of the argument. You're just saying mean-ass shit to each other.
1: So that's the other good yeah. thing. Is- <laughs> I'm so bad about thinking before I speak. I, ha- I do not have that in my body at all.
0: Or Emily's the worst at she'll, and this isn't even on a le- level of anger, she'll- We'll be right next to each other. And she'll say something about someone, like, jokingly. And she
1: says it so loudly. I'm like, did you not process the fact that this person is standing two feet away from us? Here's the thing. Sometimes I think people take my humor, like, my bestie Dayton. I know he's going to listen to this. Shout out to you, Dayton. Me and Dayton think on the same level of humor and, like, being mean. And, like, so if somebody, like, people heard what we say, people be like, that's fucked up. But... We just think it's comical, and so we're like, it could be offensive to some people. I just think it's hilarious, and so like I know the instance you're talking about, and it was really funny, and we were like, that's but it was so funny to me, and I was like, is nobody else seeing this? Like, you know. And I get it. You get up. And I should. Yes. You need to. At work, I do a good job, but, like, this comes to my mind. This is a funny story. So, me and mom went to Dollar Tree a long time ago, and this guy, I'm just going to put a sedalion at its finest, cut mom off in the parking lot, almost hit us. And we get out of the car, and he gets in the car, and he's, like, just screaming at me and mom. And I go, mom, stay in the car, I got this. And I go out and I am putting this man on verbal blast. I'm like, F you, F this, like you drive this, like, and I didn't even think about it. And I get in the weekend or dollar tree and mom's like, he could have had a gun, Emily. He could have had something that could have harmed you and you are blazing fire at this man. But to me, I'm like, he almost hit me and my mom. Like, you know what I mean? But out of anger, you say this and you don't know, like you said, you don't know what people could go say about you, but you don't know what people could do. Especially yeah, you, how they could react. Yeah. So I learned my lesson there.
0: I'm actually really glad you said that because not only should you think before you speak, but we also said, like, think before you act. Mm-hmm. And I need to do this a lot because I have road rage. I have the worst road rage ever. And this is so bad. And I, am, I, I hate that I'm admitting to this, but I am the queen of flipping people off. In the car because they'll do something stupid or they'll make me mad like my temper is so short in the car but that's something I've had to tell myself is you don't know how other people are going to react you cannot be doing that you know like you have to be mad and just let that go especially because oh my gosh someone cut you off is that really like it happens you know and that's the thing is you have to realize you can't control everything going on in the world you know it I mean Heck, if you did, you'd never be pissed off. You'd never be sad. You'd never be mad. Like it'd be a perfect world. And that's absolute ludicrous. So that's the thing is, like I said, you cannot let little things like that get to you, especially because, like Emily said, you don't know how they're going to react to you flipping them off or you cursing them out. And yeah, it's just, it's not a situation you want to dabble with at all.
1: But moving on to number
0: two, so number one is think before you speak or react. Number two is to try to gain perspective on the situation. And this is what we talked about, you know, cooling down and something I try to do once I'm not mad anymore about a situation, I try to put myself, everybody that's involved, if it's just one other person, I try to put myself in their shoes and be like, okay, why do I think they were acting the way they were, you know, and I say that because I'm just going to bring up a quick work story. So I work with this guy. I've worked with him for like a year and a half. And he's out on a job site for me. Um, That's a little chaotic. You know, he's having to put up with a lot of BS. And as his recruiter, he calls me to vent, basically. And about a week ago, he had called me earlier in the day and was not happy. Like, was really not happy with the job. Like, to the point where I was almost having to pep talk him about You know, like, you can do this. Like, don't let these little things get to you. He called me at the end of the day, and I had already had a really hard day. Calls me absolutely heated. Is like, F this shit. Like, I'm done. Basically, is like, give me a pay raise or I'm walking out of here. Like, blew up on me. And like like I said, I have a good relationship with this guy. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening? But I realized, I'm like, I can't call him back right now and have a sound conversation with him. So I spent the whole night being like, okay, why do we think he called us in this just rash, crazy, like state of mind? So I took the night to just gain perspective on, you know, because like I said, he's been calling me a lot about the issues that are going on. So I had to put that in perspective. So then, you know, once I gained that perspective, me and him talked the following day. The first part of the conversation, I was like, look, you can't blow up on me like that again. Like, I understand I'm here for you. I understand that you can I understand that you come to vent to me. But I didn't know what was going on. You call me and blow up on me like that. Like, I I literally cried after he called me. Like I said, not because I was like sad, but I was like I was just frustrated. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. He never talks to me like this. And he even apologized because. I got perspective of where that anger was coming from and why he was getting so angry with me. It was because of what was happening on the job site. It wasn't something I had to take personally because it didn't involve me. You know, so that's the thing. I don't know. Emily, how good are you at trying to look at other people's perspective? Because, I don't know. I'm learning more about Emily's anger issues in this episode,
1: too. I, I, I don't think I mentally can put myself in other people's shoes, but... I think I go to people who I trust, who I, intrust to trust to guide me in the right direction. And, like, I work for amazing people, and I've had instances where I go to them, and I'm like, am I insane, or is this reasonable to be mad about? Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, and they're very good at talking me off the edge, because when the war of Emily comes out, it's not good. And they're like, look, like, I think um, Chris told me he's, like, 48-hour rule. Like, if you're still mad about it in 48 hours when you wake up, then we address it. But if you're not mad about it within 48 hours, then let it go. Like and it that. makes people think because other things happen throughout your day. You wake up and you completely forget about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think instead of putting myself in other people's shoes, because I struggle to do that, mm-hmm. I go, okay, 48 hours. If I'm still mad, I'll figure out a way to responsibly and respectfully address this. But if I'm not mad about it, move on the next day.
0: I don't know is that ever something you're curious about though like when someone's getting mad at you or getting heated with you are you ever like where is this coming from like does that thought ever cross your mind
1: I mean yeah but I also am kind of like something deeper is going on for them to take out like a very small instance coming out on me that like personally I deal with enough you deal with enough Mm -hmm. and like I don't like when people ask me what's wrong I don't like to talk about it so I put that in perspective I'm like hey like maybe they shouldn't talk about it Mm -hmm. so I just I, I just don't deal with it because sometimes when I go in to deal with it, it just ends up in another argument. So I just avoid it like the plague and yeah. just move on my day. No, I, I get it. All right. So after
0: you have to try to gain perspective, then we're moving on to tip three. It's try to get some exercise when you're in a bad mood. This is something I can speak on more than Emily. Emily, I might give you some tips here. So... You can do this in two ways. Um, You know, one thing I do if I've had a long day at work, I love working out at night. I think I'll always love working out at night for the main fact that if I've had a long day, I will turn my phone on, do not disturb. I will put on the loudest trap playlist I can find. I don't know why. 21 Savage and Trap music is like my soothing music when I'm in a bad mood.
1: 21 Savage. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 21 is a a go-to for that.
1: But that's the thing is you have to kind
0: of like find your Zen and that's my Zen at the end of the day. But even if it's not the end of the day, literally probably about a month ago, I got so pissed (laughs) off at work. I literally had to go on a walk. I'm like, I have got to, it's, I think it's getting yourself in a different environment and atmosphere and just removing yourself from the situation. But that's the thing is just the physical aspect of getting that dopamine flowing. It's just it's helpful. You know, it's that that feel good feeling that we always talk about dopamine. That's what you need to kind of gyrate a little bit when you're in that angry state. Just because like I said, you just you can't keep that dwelling on your mind because you me personally, I do that because I can't move past the situation. Like I will think about the situation that pissed me off until like I said, I go on a walk or I go work out or I do something to put myself in a different setting because then like i said on gaining perspective i'm like okay it's not that big of a deal we don't need to ruin our whole day being mad about this you know
1: yeah and you remember we we talked about this earlier and you asked you're like what do do you do because i i'm no runner at all i i walk my dog but it's because i kind of have to because he's ginormous it's not like i feel like going for a walk Mm -hmm. when you're like what do you do so i thought about it and I do work on a computer, right? So I sit on a computer and make designs. And what I do is I like I work. Like if it's not for work, if it's not Telbex off, if it's not for school, I I just work. I work on something. Mm-hmm. I put my headphones on and I little I create something. And because I have to completely takes your mind away from things. And then I'm like, okay, you know, so mm-hmm. some people exercise. I just I do what I enjoy, and that's yep. Gross, so.
0: Yeah, like have your escape. That's the thing. If like exercising is not your thing, like Emily said, like go design something, draw something, listen to music, dance in your kitchen, anything that brings you joy, or at least like I said, allows you to leave the situation so you're not dwelling on it all day is very important because then like we've talked about you gain perspective you do the 48 hour rule you realize if you're even really mad about something so yeah i think that that's pretty important now going on to number four it's I, and we've hit on this too but just removing yourself from the situation to really take a time out because like we've talked about especially in our family and i hate that we do this sometimes but when our family gets in arguments it's just the nature of who we are that we don't remove ourselves from the conversation or the issue. We will I am not kidding when I say we will yell at each other till nobody has a voice. and yeah. yes, you can gain perspective and I don't I don't know when I was younger, I thought that it was very constructive, but I think the older we get and when we have arguments with our family, I realize that it's not helpful. Like I am so stuck on the fact that like walking away and revisiting the conversation after we've thought about it. And like I said, getting perspective. That's something me and my dad have worked a lot on within like our daughter-father relationship is when we fight, it's like our egos. You never want to be wrong in a situation. You know, like you never want to be the person that's in the wrong or started the fight. You know, like you want to be the person right. And I always tell my, well, one, he always told us just because you win the argument. I mean, just because you're right doesn't mean you win the argument. I'm going to say that again. Just because you are right doesn't mean you win the argument. And I think that's why our family even goes about anger in the way we do, because we all are like hitting our points so hard. It's like, listen to me, listen to what I have to say, because I'm right. Well, Something we've learned is like when we're all yelling our points at each other, after we think about it, it's like, okay, well, I was right about this. But Emily also was kind of right about this. Dad had a point when he said this. So that's the thing is you realize that, you know, there's not just one person right in the situation. Everybody brings valid points to what's going on. But when you're just hammering at each other and you don't take that time out, your brain's not processing that. Your brain's just in the defense of like keep throwing things out because you you know you have to keep up. You have to have your point be heard instead of actually listening and processing to what everybody else is saying.
1: A hundred percent. And I think you we talked about earlier. Like, so what happens when you can't escape? Essentially, right? Like, what happens? Yeah, when mm-hmm. you're stuck in meaning? And you like, you're just, and I've been through multiple meetings and you, you can't walk out, can't scream, can't tell people to F off, you know? So what do you do? And, you know, a lot of people shut down, but like shutting down for me, it's nearly impossible because my mind races Yeah, and literally will sit there and pop my fingers and click my fingers. And I, sometimes I hum or I just, and it is what I do because I'm so mad, but you know, this is where I have learned is I can't lose my ever-loving mind in a room full of people who are way higher than me. And so you just can't. And so, you know, where some people are in the position where they can do that, we can't. And Mm -hmm. so you just like mentally have to take your mind out of that situation because you can't physically walk out.
0: No, I I totally agree because, and I'm bad about that too, especially if I'm, like you said, like in a meeting or in a situation where I'm getting angry and I can't remove myself, I get really bad about just shutting down, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you're someone who just shuts down, like, if you're in a room, people are all talking, you get pissed off, and you just stop talking, stop reacting, I think that's really childish. You have to be able to get frustrated, but then, I don't know, I just think that's childish, getting mad and just being like, well, I'm not going to talk anymore. That, That drives me crazy. I can't stand when people do that. So like you do, whenever I get frustrated, I'm like, okay, these points that I'm trying to make and nobody's listening to me or nobody agrees with me, I'm writing them down and I'm like, okay, how am I going to readdress this after everybody's all heated to the point where people are going to hear my perspective? And I'm going to add in, while I'm thinking about this, I'm also listening to other people. We grow up in a not grow up, but we live in a society of people that love to be heard, but don't like to hear other people. And I think that's a big thing too, is like, I get so stuck on, I want people to hear me, but I'm not hearing other people. So I try to almost like level up whenever I get pissed off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hear other people out, but I'm also keeping tally of what I want to say to almost, I don't want to say strengthen my argument, but allow me to present what I'm trying to say in a better way than I am saying it now.
1: Yeah. I also think, you know, sometimes people don't want help is what I've come to the realization of. Like, being able to admit that, like, you can't do something or you failed to do something and, like, somebody comes and lends you a helping hand, people cannot accept it. And people get mad and that's when they get irrational. When you're not, you're just trying to help to help the situation get resolved or get done faster or more efficiently. It's like, and you, it's not like you... People get offended,
0: though.
1: Right. And it's not, like, intentional, but you're like, hey, like, you know, technology to me and Alex, to every this generation, is, like, the back of our hand because we grew up in it. Mm -hmm. But to people our parents' age who didn't grow up in it, to us, a situation that would take them two hours would take us 15 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you don't, you're, you are offended, but you're just, you're just trying to help, Mm -hmm. and then they get offended, and then the shit That's why you have to, it's important,
0: and not everybody you get into an argument or confrontation or you get angry with are you going to know very well. But I think it's really important to be able to understand the person that you're dealing with, per se. Because that's the thing, is the way I handle confrontations with Emily is completely different than how I handle confrontations with my boyfriend. Because I know they're two different people and they react to these conversations totally differently. So that's the thing is like, let's say I'm trying to help Emily and it's something graphic design that she's good at. I'm like, hey, like, let me, she will get really defensive because that's her expertise. But I've learned you have to approach it in a certain way with Emily. It's like, oh, you're. I can't be like, you're doing this wrong. You need to listen to me. I have to be like, oh, that's really cool maybe do this or thinking about doing this being suggestive instead of assertive with people too goes a long way because that's the thing is if you start being assertive people will take that the wrong way and then whatever you have to say they're not listening to they're just in defense mode and that's how you get someone to shut down so fast i do it i've seen emily do it like I, i i mean a lot of people close to me it happens to them but it's part of the ego thing is We all want to be the best at something. We all, you know, a lot of us think that we can handle things and it's not a bad thing to ever get help or someone's feedback because they're trying to be constructive. I just think people need to realize that they have to go about it in the right way or they're not going to get the response that they're wanting. I agree. Going to number five um, is identifying possible solutions and triggers. You know, so instead of focusing on what made you mad, work on resolving the issue at hand. And then you also have to communicate that. So this is something that's super important to do after the fact of when you get frustrated. Is like just self-reflecting, you know, of like, okay, why did I get so heated? What made them so heated? Did I add something on? Could I have approached that better? And to be honest, I do this all the time. I do it at work a lot, like at the bar, in the office. And multiple people can attest to the fact that I – they, like, asked me something or tried to have a conversation with me, and I was a bitch. Like, raging, rude, like, wasn't helpful because I was in a bad mood. Either I was tired, I was hungry, just something stupid – And after the fact, when I, like, think about back on, like, things that have happened or – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Interactions I've had with people, I will go up to somebody after the fact and I'll be like, I am really sorry for being a bitch earlier. Like, I was in a bad mood. Just because I think it's important that you show people that you are self-aware, and that's always what I'm trying to establish is like, look, I wasn't trying to be rude. I was in a bad mood. I wasn't trying to put it off on you. Because that that's something a lot of us do too, is we take our bad mood and we push it on to other people, which will create tension and fights. And that's how a lot of people almost have negative relationships too. I know a lot of people that Their first interaction was something negative and small, and they didn't talk about it, so they were kind of, like, beefing for a little bit. But then you actually talk about the situation, and you're like, oh, shit, that was kind of stupid. Like, you were just hangry because you didn't have breakfast. You looked at me cross-eyed when, you know, you really didn't mean to. So it's a situation like that that, like I said, it's between getting perspective on it and just being self-aware that you're not always handling situations as you should be. I think that's more on, like, the side of just, like, solutions. That's not hitting on the trigger side. I don't know. Do you ever look back at your interactions with people and realize you shouldn't have called people the names that you probably call them? Because I know you're a name caller.
1: I am a name caller. To be honest with you, I probably could, like, offend people so bad they'd lock themselves in the room for 20 days. Which is not a plus, and I don't look at it as a positive. It's just, I'm the queen of low blows. But I think that I take the crown on the dog going back with their tail between their legs. And I think... Wait, like you're the dog with the tail between the legs? Yes. And I think, you know, my dad and me are the same exact human being. And we will say things in the heat of the moment that we never mean to say. And I think, you know, I have gotten better on not doing that especially when I know that it's not allowed that I there are serious repercussions but I think it also takes a person to go back and be like hey because not a lot of people can admit when they're wrong and when they mess up a lot of people you know just are like you know what happened happened and it takes and it's taken a lot of coaching me over the years through many people to be able to go back and do that because a lot of time I'm like I don't care like they deserve the head coming for them Yeah, you don't think you you
0: did anything wrong until someone tells you basically.
1: And then, you know, my mom's the biggest person of like, you don't know what's going on outside of this, which I agree to 110%. But again, they also don't know what's going on with my life, right? And I think the biggest part of anger management is you have to be able to separate work, Mm -hmm. school, personal, because if you carry your home life to work, and then you're just pissing everybody off at work. Now you're going to be pissed off at work and you are is in two places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know a lot of extraordinary people who have been through unbelievable circumstances. And you would never know because they were able to balance that. And I think that's where anger management falls. Is you have to learn that, like, okay, what pissed me off at work can't come home with me and piss off my mom, my dad, my boyfriend. Because mm. everybody, you're just mad all day. It's just, yeah. you know, and then... You know, you, I think that's two points. Like, you have to know, if you're like me and you do lose your cool, you have to know that, like, one, that's not okay, and you have to fight that battle every day. But two, like, you have to go back and make amends because yeah, that relationship never gets fixed.
0: Well, and I think it's important, too, and you can even have that conversation with Emily, I think. I don't know. You don't always know if people are going to hold you accountable around you. Emily's really lucky that, you know, if I hear what's going on or I know what's going on, you know, our parents will do it, but we hold each other very accountable for what we do and how we act. And that's something that not a lot of people have the luck of having people do that to them. So, you know, if you're someone who gets mad easily or you don't think you handle your anger situations that are not ideal, you don't handle those the best, it's not bad having a conversation with someone close to you and just be like, look, I have a temper. If you can to help me be better about it, call me out when you think I'm not in the right or call me out when you think I go overboard. Because I'm not kidding. I'll tell – like, I'll – after the fact, when I'm venting to somebody, I'll tell them about the situation, and I'll start it with, you need to tell me if I was in the wrong or you need to tell me if I should have handled this better. And it can be slightly biased because some people will tell – you know, that have similar personalities to you will be like, oh, you're – like – For instance, if Emily was talking to Emily, like, she was talking to herself about this, like, someone similar to her, and she's like, oh, yeah, this girl cut in front of me at Starbucks, and I pulled her hair and said, bye, Felicia, like, get out of line. Someone like Emily would have been like, yeah, like, fuck her up. Where if she would have told me that, I would have been like, dude, like, you're lucky you didn't get your fucking butt kicked by this girl. Like, you have to have people that give you that dose of reality that you don't want to hear because, like I said, it gives you perspective on the situation. And I think perspective on situations is so important. Because, like I said, we are people that love to be heard but don't like to listen to people. So you have to put yourself in their shoes because in the moment you're not listening to them.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It's, it's hard. And to me, like, I don't know. It, it is the battle I face every day. Because I have a short temper when it for one and for two when that temper hits it's zero to 100 it's not like oh i'm at a 50 no it's at 100 and there's nothing that will calm that down like it's like i you know and it then the rash happens and then you know people's feelings are hurt and so, like Alex, you know going. you have to get what i said keep going oh you know you have to get If you can't put yourself in other people's shoes, then you have to go to, you have to have somebody that you can be like, hey, and like, because to me, like, I think I can't talk myself off the ledge, but other people can talk me off the ledge. And I, and I, at least I know that now. So now I have a, almost an outlet. Like when I get mad, you know, I go to my boss and I'm like, I'm either going to lose my ever loving mind or like, I have to have a different solution for this. And then I think when people know, that you struggle with this, then people are there to advocate for you. So my boss is like, hey, like, this cannot keep happening to Emily. And I'm not saying, like, what was me, but because it drives me up a wall. And eventually that I'm going to snap and it's not going to be pretty. So we it's like prevention, right? Mm-hmm. You have to prevent certain things from letting things happen.
0: But then again, you can't control situations. And that's something Emily has to work on, too, is. Yeah, you can go to the people that are causing you anger. But then again, like that's not the realistic aspect of life. You know, it, it, it's like a traffic jam. You're late for work and there's a car accident, and now traffic's backed up for an hour and you're getting pissed off. Well, you can't control that. Right. And that's something like me personally, my whole day will be ruined because I'll be so pissed off about that. But it's like you can't control that. That's the inevitability of life. Like, you have to be able to let go and move on, or at least understand, like, okay, this is going to happen. We need to work on how we're going to react to it. Yeah. And one thing, too, that I was hitting on when you were talking about, you know, going to your boss to talk to her whenever you get upset or pissed off, I want to say it is really beneficial to have somebody to vent to. But the thing I want to make a big note about is – When you are venting to somebody, you need to tell them. You need to verbally be like, hey, can I vent to you? Or when you're done, say that. Because I think a lot of people or just like relationships when it comes to, you know, romantic relationships, friendships, family, you'll come home from work and you're heated about what happened and you're just rattling shit off to the people around you. But they don't really know you're venting. They don't really know where it's coming from. So they take it personally. They think it's directed at them. And then that can just create its own jar of issues. So I think it's important to have someone you confide in. But the big key is when you confide in them, let them know. Be like, I had a long day at work. Can I just vent to you really quick? Because I'll do that to my boyfriend so he doesn't feel like I'm attacking him. I'll be like, can I just have five minutes to just ramble about what my day was like? And then we can move on. Because that's something that I do, like, solution-wise to make me feel better. I'll go to that person I confide in, whether it's Emily or my family or my boyfriend. I will just rant. And then I'm like, okay, I feel better. I got it out into the universe. I can move on now. So that's also another helpful thing to do, I believe.
1: I And I think you have to have somebody in similar shoes. Because, you know, like our boyfriends don't know how, where we work functions, right? Like how things happen so quickly and turn around. We're like, you do. Right. So a lot of times this miscommunication is why I get, that's fr- why everybody gets frustrated. Right. And I'm like, well, this didn't happen when I said it was going to happen. And they told me four days later, you know, where Alex understands the business we work. In, and she's like, but sometimes it falls like that. And there's nothing anybody can do Yeah. where, you know, if I went to my boyfriend, he'd be like, well, why'd that happen? Why, you know what I mean? And then, You know, it's not you don't get the same effect because then you're like, okay, then he was still wrong. But when I talk to Alex, he's she's like, it happens. Like you have to adapt.
0: Yeah. Or okay, so this I'm glad you said that too. So when you're talking to someone to flip roles, so let's say Emily is venting to me about her day. Another really good thing to do because, and this goes with Emily saying you need to talk to the right person. You spill your beans of your day to a certain person. They might try to give you pointers. They might try to fix it. They might try to give you advice. And some people aren't venting to get that kind of information. Some people do that just so someone will listen to them. So that's something, honestly, Jessica, one of my best friends told me this, is when someone's going to talk to you about something, you know, vent to you, ask them, be like, look, are you looking for a solution or do you want someone to just listen to you? And that is key because it will, me personally, I'll be venting to someone and they'll try to give me solutions and I get pissed off. I'm like, "Hold no, 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 no!" Like, hold on. Like, I'm not trying to get your two cents. I'm just trying to vent. So that's important. But then I feel some people get in these situations where they're venting, and no, and the person's just sitting there not saying anything. It's like, "Well, are you going to give me advice or your input?" So I. I before someone has that conversation with you establishing what they want out of that whole venting session I think is also important
1: I agree and I think you know I think being able to just talk about it relieves so much off your chest Mm -hmm. you know you can't you know we've talked about you've talked about multiple things on this podcast depression anxiety you know and the same thing goes with anger like if you bottle all of that in that time clock's gonna run out and it's not gonna be pretty and I think everybody does that it's something I don't know if somebody who just releases their anger in a nice way every time it happens yeah you have to be able to be like my day sucked this pissed me off this pissed me off and once you say it then you move on yeah it's just if you don't have that you have to find that or it's gonna be hard
0: Well, you have to learn how to move on and move past situations. And, you know, if you're having a hard time doing that, you need to find solutions in order to do that. Because one, dwelling on a situation, what do you want to do with that? You're not going to grow as a person. You're not going to evolve. Like, why do you want to just be stuck in the same spot, mad about the same thing? You know, and it's – some people don't like talking about a negative situation that happened. But for instance – I love how we always use work as a situ like an example, which I think it's good because life is what
1: fuels everybody's anger.
0: Yeah, work life. hmm Yeah. So I think I brought this up earlier in the podcast, but as a 24-year-old woman working with a bunch of males that are like at least probably in their like mid-30s, I don't get spoken to the same way as they do to each other because, like I said, I'm not a 40-year-old male. And a few weeks ago, I had one of my coworkers, you know, I just, I felt like I was being disrespected. And so we're going back and forth in email, just kind of going at it a little bit, which another pointer, don't ever fight with somebody through email or text, call them. You don't know how the message is being portrayed. You don't know the emotion. You can't read emotion.
1: So just pick up the phone. Do not like that is the, you know what you should put in there? Mm-hmm. The, the insert of from wolf of wall street pick up the fucking phone yeah pick- <laughs> put that in there
0: pick, uh, yeah literally that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying pick up the fucking phone like talk to somebody because that was the thing so me and this guy were going back and forth on email and then me being the numbnuts little weenie dog i am i take the email and i'm getting heated and i text them. and i'm all like Please learn to speak to me in a more appropriate, like, manner in front of our coworkers. So then we're texting each other. Smart man calls me. I should have just called him. But, you know, we talked through the situation. He said his piece. I said my piece. And that's the thing is, like, we are learning how to work together, you know? And that's the thing is he's learning, okay, I can't just speak to Alex any way I want to. And I'm also learning you can't take everything so personally. Like, you don't really know where he's coming from or how he means to say some of these things. So that actually brings me up to our next point, which is don't take things personally. And I'm the queen of this. You know, if someone gets fresh with me, gets salty with me, I'm like, who pissed in your Cheerios? Like, I, you know, like, don't come at me like that. Which I am just as bad because I'm not kidding – Just not eating. Like I'll wake up and I haven't eaten all day. It's like lunchtime and I am being a a Karen. Just rude. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I am on one if I don't eat. And that's the thing is I'll project my anger to other people, which is not okay. But that's something like I don't ever want someone to take personally because I'm just freaking hangry and I'm not controlling or processing my emotions correctly. Emily I okay I know people probably take things you say personally but do you take things personally when people come off to you or can you process like oh maybe they're just dealing with something
1: I I think depends on the situation I think if they're just coming at me for no reason I'm kind of like day, I'm like you have things to figure out that don't directly involve me But if it's something that I go out of my way to help with and then they attack me, I take it personally. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I didn't have to do this for you. Like, I didn't have to give up this time when I could have done this to help you, you know, and now you're coming up in my grill. And I think also, like, I am the number one person that will go to physical. I think, and it's, it's horrible. And I haven't gotten, like, my sister's the most, like, the only person I've hit. Multiple times that better stay that way, yeah, because now I can get arrested for it. That's but, the reason why you really, yeah, Emily. The reason why, because I'd never hit a co worker. Let me just say that. <laughs> I just, you know, like in my um, like when I get angry, like and I've, it's been my whole life. I'll throw things, I'll hit things, I'll punch things. I it, it is my dad to the T. Because I'm like, something has, like, I physically have to do something to let this anger go. And I haven't hit or broke anything in a very long time. Good job, Emily. But, you know, I remember I got into this conversation when I used to work at the bar with this girl. And I'm like, we can go outside and handle this if you want to. Like, it, it's where my mind goes to. Because I, you're just so mad. Like you can, some people can decompress and walk away, where I'm like, I have to go rip this girl's hair out and I will feel so much better about myself. And you can't handle anything like this. But especially in the workplace, I can't go around smacking people in the face. So I had to learn to be like, and I had to learn this at a young age because at 18, I was managing a store where I was the leader, I was the one held responsible. So I can't go you know and i can't curse people out mm-hmm. and so you know i i was told that like to never lose my edge because your my edge is what i stand on right and that's what people do not mess with what do you but mean by an
0: edge though like expl- explain. like
1: i i've been told by my boss that i give off that like i will stand for what i will stand for like, like what you, you believe not, in yeah i will not step like if I'm passionate about something, I'm like a bull and I will truck through. Mm-hmm. And it does not matter who gets in my way, who tries to stop me. But it's when you hit that roadblock. You know what I mean? About the one person yeah. who just won't help you out to get to your goal, where I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And that's the learning curve I have to get on is where, you know, I'm I'm going so fast to complete something and I can't get somebody on board. And, you know, it. like I said, you know, it's not a, a personal attack. You know what I mean? Like we were just talking about, but you know, if it the, the goal can't get completed is where yeah. I shut down, I think, because, yeah. you know, I run hard and I so want to do it.
0: So basically to make that come full circle, you almost take things personally because it gets in the way of what you're trying to do. Like you think people are keeping you from getting to that end goal.
1: Yeah. And it's probably not their intention at all. I don't know anybody who would do that. Yeah. But, you know, it's like people, I think we were brought up to be very strong women, right? And our family is very joking, like offensively joking. And we never take things to heart. Yeah. But People always make the comment to me that, you know, I've been called things, I've been told things, and I think they're funny. And people are like, I would go cry. And I'm like, and it's not because our our family does that to hurt our feelings or to be mean. We just, we take them as jokes. Yeah. So I think we stand out a little bit above people. And I think why? I talk to people sometimes the way I do. Because if somebody said to me, I would take it as a joke. Where if I probably called somebody a stupid you-know-what, they would probably cry and be offended, where I'd be like, I would laugh. Yeah. So I think that's a huge learning curve growing up. Mm -hmm. That, okay, just how we talk to people doesn't mean I can go talk to people that don't live in this house the same way.
0: Okay, so I'm going to hit on a few things that you just said. So one, with you saying that, give people the benefit of the doubt you know you don't they might have a joking personality they might have a sarcastic personality you just you can't take the things people say to heart you know you really can't you're the one you are big. you're your biggest critic you're the person who should be working i'm trying to trying to find the words i'm trying to say Back to just you can't let things that are not within your control affect you. You can't let what someone and how they're acting affect your mood. So that's the thing is you can't take things personally. Um, I do want to hit on – and the next point we're actually going to go on is using humor as a release of tension. So we're going to kind of – we're going to go back to that once I hit on this because I think you also made a good point. Um, You know, we talked about working out or, you know, different solutions of when you're angry. And I will be – Quite honest, I almost took up boxing. Like I dead ass when I was in college, almost got a punching bag because I would get so mad. I kid you not. The exact words I'd say to myself is like, "I just need to beat the shit out of something." I don't know what it is. I'm not kidding. I, I I'm the queen of throwing things. That's my temper tantrum. So whenever, just a little backstory.
1: Don't act Talk- like you don't be smacking people over a hound because if anybody knows the thanksgiving battle between me and Alex we'll
0: go we'll go down that at the end we'll 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 hit the Simon MMA matches at the end but that's the thing is so and just hitting on things that we can't control just releasing anger so when I was a junior in college um it was I was running for Miss Missouri I was going to school full-time I was working two jobs Um, I was in mock trial like I was on the mock trial team for UCM and then to just add one more thing on I was trying to get my like insurance like you know like how you can sell insurance you You probably don't know that insurance license yeah dude like while I was going to I don't know why I'm the queen of just stacking so many things on my plate and I was having a day where just nothing was going right I was irritated well I, I didn't get my insurance License because I couldn't pass the test, and that's why I was so
1: pissed. I and was God. literally, yeah, oh, no. I would never let you sell insurance. Stop. <laughs>
0: mm. Okay, back to my story before Emily wanted to make fun of me. So, in the midst of all this, I had one day where it was like the second time taking my test, I had studied all night, they effed up scheduling my test, so I basically studied all night and they weren't like letting me take my test. And I had just all these other things happening around me. I I was just ready to implode. I'm not kidding when I'm like, I just want to fight somebody. Someone say something to me so I can just start swinging. I go into the bathroom because I was on campus when all this was happening. I go into the bathroom of the business building and I had my keys and I just throw them as hard as I can. And then my luck, my keys explode everywhere. My key fob breaks. Every single key on my thing, like, falls off. They're under all the stalls. I'm like, you know, like, when when you lash out and it doesn't go how you planned, so you're, like, all pissed off, picking up your keys, like, on the bathroom floor? Well, I'm doing this. I'm crying because, like I said, I was mad. And then this random girl walks in and, like, my keys, like, they're under every stall. So she goes in a stall and my keys are there. She, like, slides one of the keys out and, like, doesn't say anything. I'm like, this girl probably thinks I am psychotic, crying, picking up my keys. But The point is, throwing my keys was not a good idea. Because then I had to pay for a new key fob, which was a little... like, That's the thing, is you don't want to do something that you can't repair in the midst of your anger. That's really the point I'm getting at. Because I think we all get to the point where we want to resort to something physical. Because it feels like we're actually releasing the anger. But you have to be so zoned in on what you're doing and what can happen afterwards so that's why you know it was probably in my best interest to get a punching bag and go home and just square up with that versus you know literally because i i'm not kidding i have broken a lot of items i have because i've thrown things in the heat of the like i'm not kidding like i just that's my thing throwing slamming like i have actually broken objects of mine i broke one of the cat litter boxes they had, like, a swinging door on the entrance, and I, like, slammed it down because I was so pissed off about something. I broke the door off.
1: Mom and Dad are oh, yelling. You
0: Do they need to come into the anger management podcast, too?
1: I'm filming in here!
0: Tell them they're going to be a an example in the podcast if they don't pipe it down. Oh so, yeah. God. A real life example right there. So while Emily makes sure that the, the set stays quiet from being at home, we're Italian. Get, cut us some slack. I think that's the reason why we uh, just express everything verbally so easily. And like Emily said, we talk pretty loud. Like I think everybody in my life has been like, hey, you're talking really loud and I'm not trying to yell. But then when we fight, it just goes up like three octaves at least. So then it I just
1: loud. Like I can't even whisper. <laughs> you I do might... talk so loud. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
0: now that we've hit on that, now I want to go back to what Emily kind of mentioned on using humor to release tension. Emily wasn't really hitting on that with what she said because she was more getting at the fact that people have different senses of humor and will, you know, be more, so- you know, some people are more sarcastic than others. Some people. I don't know how to say it, but that's probably the best way. Some people have a sarcastic personality. Some people are joking around with me and Emily.
1: The -hmm. best way to handle this, and I might throw- Don't pivot. Talk about what I'm I'm talking about. I'm not pivoting. I think this is the best way to handle this. So I think you have to know the person 110%. Oh, yeah. And since I bring up is, you know- Alex's boyfriend's dad, I met him. I don't really know him super well, right? I've met him once, one, two times, you know, and I am nowhere in the shape of my sister at all. And part of that's because I, I eat healthy, i just Emily doesn't user. like
0: to run or do anything physical.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not a runner. I'm a walker, a brisk walker at best.
0: Hey, no, if she starts to feel the breeze on her, she's walking too fast. She'll start <laughs> sweating.
1: Down. I'm like, oh, this isn't for me. <laughs> Gotta go back and slow house. it down. I'm starting to break a sweat. <laughs> like You know, it's bad when you get to like a light walk and your watch band's like fucking telling you to turn your heart rate down. I'm like, oh, fucking not there. <laughs> and by all means, I am not obese. I am not fat. I just, I, we're working on that. Emily's an average human
0: being. She's not yeah. someone who's in the gym all the time, but she's not. No, like my I'm 500 active. pound. I, my
1: dog. I take my dog like, and I, and I eat pretty well because I don't eat a lot of meat so I eat a lot of vegetables mm-hmm. so I meet my sister's running for Miss Missouri right it's after the pageant and we're talking you know I brought up she's thinking about going back to school for nutrition and I made the joke I was like imagine like my sister in college with me I was like might just mess around and switch my major and my sister's boyfriend's dad looks she kind of looks at me he's like well I wouldn't do that and I I didn't know him right like I had no idea who he I didn't know that he was a joking person like this until I told my sister right because in my mind I'm like who is this man telling me this and you know basically Emily
0: thought he called her fat that was the thing that's how Emily approached the conversation she's like I I kind of think uh Garrett's dad called me fat and she tells me the situation and like Emily says that's like her first interaction with him So she's, like, taking it personally where I hear the conversation, I'm like, dude, that is just Denny being Denny, like, he's not trying to say anything hurtful, that's just the person he, is. like, you know, and like you said, you have to know the person, but that's why you do, it's a hard mix of, like, you have to know the person, you have to give people, it's just, I don't know, it's a hard, it's a hard world we live in because we have that mix of people and you don't you don't always know.
1: And you know, I think in his defense here, he's like, you know, she's been dating my son for God knows how long now, right? Mm-hmm. And I am a very joking person. Like I think and, you know, you might have said that, Garrett might have said that, right? And interactions yeah. where he's like, Oh, this girl, like, you know, she's gonna she's gonna joke like that, but also I don't know that this man's sarcastic like that, right? Yeah. So he's to me and I'm like. Does he mean this? Like, is he trying to be funny? Like, you know, you're trying to understand when probably he knew that if I would have known him, I would have made the, you know, the joke right back to him. Yeah. But I was like, like, am I in a parallel universe? She she she
0: took it personally, basically,
1: which rightfully so. But that's the thing is like, if you give it
0: perspective, like if I would have said that, or if like my my boyfriend Garrett would have said that to her, she would have laughed and said something back. But since she didn't really know this person, she didn't really know how to take it. But yeah. then it took talking to me, getting perspective. She's like, oh, like, makes sense.
1: Right. And, and we're the thing, thing. next time, make a joke back. Like, he'll laugh. He'll think it's funny. Mm-hmm. We're like, I was worried if I said something back, I'd be hurtful. So I just laughed because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. You know? No, so exactly. A great example of, like, you have to know the person to be able to make the joke. Or know the person's personality to know that they're just joking.
0: Well, and that's why using humor to release tension can be really helpful, but around the right audience. You know, because it really can help lighten up and diffuse tension. But if you bring it up to someone who does not find things funny, you are going to make that situation worse. So I only recommend the humor approach when you know the person, because like I said, people can take things personally, especially if you start joking, then they're gonna be like, oh, so now you're making fun of me and I think that just escalates in the wrong way
1: yeah and I think then it it almost causes I don't want to say tension but you know like I didn't I was kind of nervous to ever interact with him again because I didn't and and I knew I needed to say something but I also I didn't want you to be like why is he offending my sister you know what I mean if this had never happened before Mm -hmm. so it's hard to know that that mix when I should have, once it happened, I, I should have told Alex a few days later and been like, hey, like, is this normal or like you know, where it took me a few it slipped my mind, the 48 hour rule, right? I woke up the next day, wasn't mad about it, went on about my life. Yeah. And we were just driving, and I was she was talking about him. I was like, you know, what? and so
0: yeah by he- the way,
1: hey, um, am I getting Sherby or
0: <laughs> literally, and that's where sarcasm can also just be a detriment to the conversation. Especially, I I know people too, like some of my friends, they'll be, I'll I'll kind of be the outsider looking in, and they'll be going back and forth with someone, and I know the kind of person they are, and they'll throw in like some sarcasm to the conversation, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, you just fucked up, like you shouldn't, you know, because that's the thing, like Emily said, if you don't know the person, they're going to be offended, they're going to take it the wrong way, and then it just, it escalates, you're not doing anything constructive, And another thing too, just hitting on what you said, I mean, we've talked about you need to move past situations, but you just, you can't hold grudges either. And and that's the thing you, okay. By saying you can't hold grudges, I also kind of add in, you have to talk about a situation. If something makes you mad, and I can be very guilty of doing this, especially with my friendships, all of someone who treats me, Just a way that like I, it just doesn't sit right with me, but I don't want to handle that confrontation. So I just don't say anything. They don't say anything. We move on. And then there's just this unnecessary tension because we didn't address something. And, you know, with some relationships I have, we actually do address it down the road. And we're like, this is so stupid that we haven't been talking to each other because you were hangry. I had someone quit at work today on me. And that was the center of our anger, but we didn't talk about it and we took it personally and we held that grudge for so long that all that time's wasted when we could have found a resolution to this by just talking about it. But that's the thing is people want to hold grudges. They don't want to have that communication. Or like I said, some people don't have the balls to even be like, okay, I messed up. I'm sorry. And that, and I will do that all the time. It's like when I said that, like I go up to people when I'm in a really bitchy mood, and I'm like, "Hey, look, I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that." Literally, if me and my boyfriend fight and I do something bad or I say something bad, I'll, after the fact, once I've cooled down, I'll be like, "Look, I'm sorry. Like I did not mean it for for it to come off like that." I just let them know where my headspace was, so they can understand why I did or why I said the things I did. Because that's the thing, I'm never trying to be a mean person, but like we've discussed, when you're angry, you almost, you, you, you go in defense mode. You know, you start using the, defects, the defense mechanisms that you know to protect yourself in that moment. And either it's going to resolve the issue or
1: it's going to make it worse. And I think to go on that point as the person who is confrontational, um, you know, I've had issues people have lived with friends, right? And I am the person that will, it's very confrontational. But being like that, people have to know that when I get to a certain length, like level of being hurt, like it takes time for me to rationally be able to have a conversation. And I think, you know, I've learned this a lot with the people I used to live with and my boyfriend is people want kind of a resolution right there and right then. And they don't want to get to the grudge holding point but it to me once something happens you have got to give me time to process how i have to communicate things or i will not be kind and i think how long though like how long like
0: how long has it taken you the longest period that you can think of to move past or be able to okay so if you fight with somebody how long did it take you to be able to go to them and talk to them about it so you could cool down and gain perspective i think about a week okay that's i don't think that's bad i thought you were about to say like a couple months i was about to be like that that's not cool but a week i
1: understand some relationships are not worth saving right yeah and so you know you think about that and the situation where i wasn't talking to people they were relationships worth saving because they meant a lot to me Mm -hmm. you know and so when i realize i'm like this is worth saving you know, when we have the conversation and I was talking to her, she was like, I knew not to come push you because I I didn't, you know what I mean? Our relationship was worth saving. So yeah. she knew that she could not push me until I was ready to talk because we both knew that equal sides were hurt, right mm-hmm. in the situation. Yeah. So where she is kind of like, I want to fix it right there and then, and she's not confrontational. So it would take me to go to her. I just wasn't ready. Yeah, And I had to be the one that had to be ready to go to her. But I can't go when I'm still mad or it'd be the same situation, maybe worse.
0: Yeah. Well, and you can't be selfish, just because you handle a situation a certain way does not mean another person does. So just because you want to scream it out or you want to handle it right then and there does not mean that works for the other person. And you have to be courteous of that. So once you get to the, and it's even just the fact of, you know, I don't know if she did this, but if I was in her situation with you and I knew how you were, You know, once I processed it, I would just text you and be like, hey, look, I would really like to talk about this. You know, when you're ready, let me know. And that's the thing. Communication is the biggest tip to overcoming situations like this, because if you don't talk it out, if you don't give a person the amount of time to process something and then come back to it to talk it out. You're going to ruin relationships. I've even seen families, families that don't talk to each other because of just something stupid. It was like a misunderstanding. And being an outside person that's not in the family and you hear about what's going on, you're like a conversation like this would just fix everything. But people like we've talked about, they hold grudges. They don't want to gain perspective on the other side or their ego is so high that they won't. I don't want to say make a compromise, but you're not perfect. In a situation, you're not always right 100%. And that's something that when you start to understand that and grasp that, you grow as a person. Because like I said, I think that falls under the category of just being self-aware.
1: And I think, again, with anger management and the 48-hour rule and separating, being self-aware of how you handle situations is the number one key. Mm -hmm. I think you you have to know who you are to know, okay, you know, I'm gonna take my boyfriend, for example, he went to the military to do a job that has like the highest suicide rate in a job, Mm. because he was going to go into planes, and he was going to control the planes. And he's like, you know, you mess up your job, multiple people die, right? Mm. And that weighs on him. And so he's like, you know, self awareness is he's like, I, I can't do this. I can't mentally work a job like this to where my life people's lives are in my hands right same situation like you're like okay I could never be a lawyer because I could never be told I'm wrong right so you have to one I had to make the career path to know like I could not be told I'm wrong Mm -hmm. and two you know you have to then you have to shift how you handle situations you know and yeah you have to put yourself in the shoes that you can strive in
0: yeah. Well, and like you said too, like it like the example you used, if you don't like being wrong, but you're like dead set on being a lawyer, you have to acknowledge that and be like, okay, this is gonna be an obstacle. What can I do to overcome this obstacle so my anger doesn't become a detriment to my career? Because that's the thing is, you know, a lot of us, the way we handle things, our anger is It's not really going to be something we can ever get like a really good grasp on because you don't control the things that happen to you and we all react in different ways. But then again, you have to also know, you know, when you're trying to find solutions, seeking help is never a bad thing because like I said, I've dealt with anger management for a decent amount of time. And when I would see a therapist for like the little like year I did, that was one thing we talked about because- I thought I was bipolar. I wasn't bipolar. I just had anger issues. But talking to her about the situations I was getting into, that wasn't. I wasn't wanting the therapy of like, oh, just listen to me. Let me cry. I was like, I'm going to tell you this situation and you're going to tell me how I can handle this better or what I can do. And that that's never a bad thing. And I will always recommend if you really have an issue dealing with your anger – There is so many therapists that you can go to from, like, BetterHelp that's all online, from an actual in-person therapist that you can see. I think that's really, like, the important thing you can do is just find out how you can better react to situations and treat situations. Because you need someone to hold you accountable if you can't hold yourself accountable. Like, earlier discussed with emily when she calls me about things that are going on i'm gonna hold her accountable for when i think she's in the wrong just like she'll do the same to me but you have to find someone to hold you accountable and even if you think that you hold yourself really accountable for like your actions i still recommend doing it because gaining perspective on the things that happen in your life can be very eye-opening
1: i agree and you know somebody who i think I have dealt with extreme anger and rage my whole life. And I've never, one day for a long time, I never thought it was a problem. I thought I was perfectly normal, I was fine, you know, and I've never seeked outside help really. Mm. But I have, my dad always says, I have people in my life who gut punch me, and that's what I need. Yeah. You know, it's not everybody needs it, but you know, sometimes people may be like, punch you not like literally but be like whoa like you you cannot act like that it's not acceptable you are going to go nowhere and i think from having that at a a young age that i've been able to management 10 manage it 10 times better than if i wouldn't have had the people around me to help
0: yeah and don't get offended when someone tells you that if someone's telling you you're out of line or you should act better they're saying it because they give a shit about you because i'm telling you right now they don't give a shit if they don't say anything to you if I care about somebody and I see them, you know, it, it, if I would have wanted someone to say something to me, I say something to someone I care about, and I'll and I'll even say to like, look, don't take any offense to this, but you can't. Even if someone doesn't start with that, people that don't care are not going to intervene and give you that gut check. People, e- e- that's the thing. Like, and I know people that take it personally; they'll get mad at people for calling them out for things. But it's like they're doing that because they care they want you to become a better person you know and they want that same energy from you too like that's why me and emily do it to each other we call each other out when we see that we're out of line because we're trying to evolve each other as young women and we're sisters it's kind of our job to keep each other in
1: line yeah i think we should get to the fun part of the show
0: i knew yeah okay yeah so I feel like you shouldn't tell the story because you're gonna make me seem like a psycho. No,
1: no. I'm I'll, I'll, I'll give you it to you.
0: you. okay?
1: Are we talking sure. about the smacking story? No, oh, I've got, I've got, I've got two of when okay. I've been physically abused by my sister.
0: Stop. We're gonna, we're gonna go over some stories on how not to treat people. Let's just start with that,
1: Alexandria. Okay.
0: In my defense.
1: There's no defense here. You open hand slap me across the face. There's no defense.
0: I'm no. uh, Okay. So before, okay, before we share these stories, though, I'm going to make you first start with what the learning lesson is. Okay. So the learning lesson of this story I'm about to share is violence is not the answer. So we were young too, like, ah. Uh...
1: Yeah. I was at least in
0: high school. I was like a freshman in high school
1: freshman or sophomore. doesn't know there's a four year age gap between me and Alex.
0: yeah. I'm the older sister by four years we and
1: never heard of high school or elementary but there was always that four-year jump. So keep that in perspective in this instance and so me and my... Emily,
0: yeah me and Emily grew up really close, you know and we were the kind of kids that we would play. We had these days and this is when we lived in Atlanta. We would play like house where we were like moms and we had all of our baby dolls. And we would play house all day. And the main goal was because I had like a trundle bed when I was growing up. And we'd make that like our hotel room because we'd go on vacation. Like the staircase was our airplane. I literally, and we, we can even ask mom. GTA on the PS4. Yeah, we play GTA. <laughs> that would literally, we we had the best imagination. So we would play like moms and we'd have all of our babies and we'd start with being on the staircase. That was the plane ride. And then we'd play GTA and that's us driving around the new city we went to. And then it would end with us going to the hotel and we'd have like a sister slumber party at the end of the night. Never. Happened. When I say me and Emily never made it to the slumber party, every single time we would fight and we would end up, I mean, just hating each other. So yeah, we wouldn't sleep over. The whole game would be done. We wouldn't play anymore. That was how me and Emily were. I mean, we were sisters that loved each other, but we also had our fair share of fighting. And whenever we got older, that's when the violence started to come. Um, I don't even know who'd start it, to be honest. It it would just be like one person would start with a
1: push, and then it just turned into like a slap boxing match. I think the other thing is dad found it comical, right? (laughs) So, because my dad wanted boys so bad, and he got two two girls, and I'm more tomboy than my sister, but two girls who do dance gymnastics, and so where my mom would be like the scene from Stepbrother spraying us with the hose, my dad would be like, yeah, yeah. and so- I
0: think dad just wanted to see who would, like, legitimately win. Yeah. Like, he wanted to see I'm who the stronger sister stop. was.
1: but. So okay, girl, wait, I got to finish my story. Oh, I know, hi. I
0: rambled, I rambled, I know. But, okay, story is, so I was like a, let's just say I was a freshman in high school. So that makes Emily fourth grade? Fourth grade? Yeah, I think fourth grade.
1: So hmm. my parents- I'd be in sixth grade. If you were a freshman in high school, that's 10th grade. one <laughs> oh, is- Grade. That's irrelevant. why we awful. fight. Emily
0: wants to bring up irrelevant things. That does not matter. So so this is a big jump. I was in the junior high. Okay, we were both young, okay? So I was babysitting her. She was having a friend come over. And Emily being a little pain in the ass. I don't even know what provoked you to do I this. I know. That's
1: why you should let me tell the story. Alex pissed. So I didn't have a phone, like an actual phone. I had a fucking iPod. And Alex had a phone. And I wanted to use her phone. And she was in... Our rooms are like this, right? Separated by a hallway. They're across the hall from yeah. each other. And... I forget they can't see me. And for some reason, I just decided to be a little shit and take her phone and lock myself in my room. She- No. She-
0: snatches my phone runs into my into her bedroom slams and locks the door and like i said our parents aren't home and she knows damn well her ass would have been beat for doing this so i'm like by myself trying to handle this situation emily's not listening to anything rational so i am beating down the door
1: like you better open this door or when i get in here i'm gonna kick it like i was trying to be threatening alex picks the lock and I'm sitting on my bed, and I have her phone. And I was being mean. I was like, "Ooh, I'm texting you this." You didn't think
0: I was gonna pick the lock, did you? you no,
1: know, because our locks are hard to pick at the house. She picks the lock, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah. I didn't say. I probably didn't say "fuck." She comes in, and I have this. My remember my bed at the time I had that headboard, the yeah. the like ones with the shelves. And we start wrestling, and the phone goes on the floor, and we are like tossing. My sister's significantly bigger at the time. We're tossing and turning, and she's on top of me. An open hand slaps me across the face, and we both just froze. Because I think it was that moment
0: of, like, I'm not kidding. That's the hardest I've ever hit somebody in my life. But then Emily was going through the, like, oh, my God, did she really just slap me that hard? And it just stopped. Like, we looked at each other like, oh, my, like that just happened.
1: So, you know, I start sobbing, right? I'm like, you have you could see the handprint too I'm on her cheek my bathroom i'm crying and my friend rings the doorbell like, like five
0: minutes later too
1: she's like i'm in like i'm a noticeable crier like if i cry you'll know for an Dude, hour and this was i
0: think like the first time she had come over too. like this was a new friend yeah. of yours this was not like a bff oh, like new me like, yeah, like... From grade school
1: and so she's like you gotta ice your face you gotta fix your face like freaking out because like my friends had to come in the door I have a hampering across my face she's gonna go home saying I get abused from my Literally. sister and so I don't know how it resolved I think we can yell at each other smack each other and then five minutes later we're completely fine you didn't
0: steal my phone again let's just say that
1: I didn't steal your phone but the next best one is Thanksgiving I'm um, limiting you to one
0: more like this is the last, one, mean,
1: this we is wrap last one this is the best one <laughs> this
0: happened like recently to, like four years years, five ago four or five years ago
1: me and Alex are on equal playing fields now because we're the same size and we took Thanksgiving photos you know for my mom and I've always been the expertise when it comes to computers and pictures and graphics and this This is the ego
0: thing we were talking about just heads up it
1: is the ego thing but I obviously it's proven now that I'm pretty good at it and we're editing photos this is all we're doing no, we didn't even get to that point. We were trying to start editing photos. Okay. I don't remember that. I think it was over a chair. No, because I, I know I- the story. I'm about to tell it because you're butchering it.
0: Okay, okay. you can add in. Let me just spit this. Okay. okay, so we took pictures, Thanksgiving pictures. Our family from Atlanta was there. So, you know, whenever our family comes together that lives far away, we always take pictures to document it because we never get them. So, Emily said she was going to edit the pictures, but me, being me, I'm like, ooh, I want to edit it too. Like, I don't want to be left out. So, I was kind of being an asshole, but I was, like, up on Emily's computer. And I was like, ooh, Emily, like, show me how. Like, I'll edit. And she's like, no. Like, move. I'll do it. But then I'm like, I can do it too. Like, what do you mean? So, Emily takes – I'm sitting in a rolly chair. Emily takes the rolly chair and, like – wheels it away from the computer and I'm like bitch so you know like I I wheel my way back up and she's getting mad and it it goes into this back and forth and she's like no like I want
1: to do it mind the fact we're fighting over a macbook so like a $1,300 macbook we're fighting over literally so we start
0: this back and forth then turns to this physical alteration of like I don't even understand how it got to that point but these little pushes turned into me and Emily standing up like squaring the fuck up with each other and our poor aunt she is a southern belle from georgia like this sweet soul she doesn't want any part of the violence she comes running in and just like separates me and emily because like i said we were at the point where like punches were starting to be thrown
1: i to be honest with you i don't think she would she could separate us I think it took dad because I think she pushed us and we were still like, Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because honestly, that we just said,
0: that's the thing. When you're with family, like seeing that red, I don't know, for me, seeing red with family.
1: And it it took my dad pulling me off my sister like me and Alex apart. And I think my uncle, because we'll still swing. We were still like, and at this point, we're equals in size. So like, we can throw punches. It's not like, oh, slap in the face. No, we were like fist closed swinging on each other. Yeah. And what? Ten minutes later, we're editing the pictures. Completely fine.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is you have to realize. Like, I think the the pointer of this is, if it would have escalated more, there's a very good likelihood we would have broken that computer. I was a poor college kid. I can't afford to pay for a new one. Like, that would have have not been a fun situation. Yeah, Emily was still in high school. Like, she would have been doing chores for her whole life for free at that point.
1: All the sticks and golf balls. Yeah, pick up all the sticks and golf balls
0: from the yard by yourself. That was the worst chore ever. No
1: wagon. No
0: wagon. Yeah, put the sticks in your shirt. Like, you know when you'd make, like, that little, like, (laughs) bag with your shirt? (laughs) That's what I would do. And I'd pick up the golf balls. I cannot stand you. Okay, so as we wrap up, are there any other things? Maybe, actually, let's do that. Emily, as you've grown up as a person, since I think your the way you handle anger is different from mine, what is one thing you could tell your younger self about the way you deal with anger that you think you could have benefited from hearing?
1: The 48-hour rule.
0: Okay. For, yeah. I, I think that's good.
1: And if you're still mad about 48 hours, Mm -hmm. find a way to handle it but don't handle it there and then
0: yeah I think I would say just for myself don't take everything so personally that's the thing I I take things so personally when I shouldn't and and that's the self-coaching I have to do with myself now is when I look back and I'm like bro like you shouldn't get upset like it just it's not worth it And just to end on it, you know, before you really get mad about something, look at your position in it. Like, do you have a reason to be mad? Why are you even mad? It's just – there's a lot of thought that goes into all of this. But at the end of the day, self-awareness is key. Having other people help you with that self-awareness is key. And like we said, go seek help if you really need it or if you want to learn how to tackle it better. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It actually – I think that you are a stronger person for admitting the fact that you need help to handle things in a better way. And it's only going to benefit you. So there's really no downside to it.
1: And I also think anger is normal. It's not just – Very normal. Mad. is does not mean something's wrong. It is – it's normal. People are going to make you mad. You know, it's just, you got to learn how to handle it.
0: Exactly. But thanks, little Squish, for coming on the podcast. Um, well, I cool. think if I can technically get everything flowing the way it should, I'm going to start trying to put videos of the episodes on YouTube. Um, You'll still get all the audio episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you go on mentalmixology.org, you can find all episodes there. Make sure you follow us on Mental Mixology on Instagram, LinkedIn, um, working on a Facebook page. But yeah, I was going to say we're going to have more episodes to come. And I thank you guys for tuning in.
1: And you got a comment to get me back in here.
0: Yeah, this is I don't know. I I like Emily on the podcast, but
1: comment something else that you think we'd be good at. (laughs) I love it. Toodaloo, be nice to everyone.